Welcome to the Transwag Podcast. Hey guys, what is up? It is Cameron with a K. You are listening to the Transwag Podcast. And today, we have a new guest. I am really liking this format uh, of being able to send questions to guys who want to share their story and them record their responses. I think the last episode that I did that with Rory turned out really well. In fact, some of the feedback from you guys was that you didn't necessarily know that they were recorded. Me asking the questions and then him answering them, uh, the way that I edited, I guess it turned out okay. I don't really know how to say that without sounding like all super egotistical and like I'm tooting my own horn, but it worked out. And yeah, it was a great show. So uh, if you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to episode four where Rory talks about all things that he's experiencing as he's uh, transitioning. Before we hop into the episode today, I do want to let you know that there is a link. Uh, If you're watching the video, it's in the description. If you're listening to this in the audio format only, there is a link in the show notes to a Patreon page. Don't really know how to pitch this to you guys in the sense that I don't really like to ask for money and I don't need money to make the show happen, but it sure would be fantastic if those of you who enjoy it, even if you're willing to throw a dollar my direction, it would help because each month I do pay for the hosting to host the podcast on what's called uh, Libsyn so that you guys get it to your podcast players. And that's like 15 bucks a month. All the equipment that I use to edit, uh, I use Adobe Premiere Pro, it's like $20 a month for that. So all those little, you know, $15 here, $20 there adds up and it would just be great. Uh, You know, what's a dollar? Just throw your PayPal in there. If you like the show, you feel like you get value out of it. Uh, I know myself, I contribute to three or four different podcasts, uh, Patreon pages, because I feel like I really enjoy the show. So I can, I'm happy to throw them like a dollar. Some of them I uh, contribute three dollars to. So if you have enjoyed the show and you feel like you could afford a dollar or three, and you want to help me to, to pay for the things that cost to run the show, I would be so grateful. Plus, there are perks. If you want to know what those perks are, um, I'm going to do a bonus episode and I'm going to talk all about the perks. And so look for that uh, around the same time that this episode comes out. So anyways, it's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash transwag if you want to check out the Patreon. But if you're just here to listen to this new episode, watch this new episode. Let's get into it. Hey Cameron, now it's Michael here. I just wanted to say thank you for having me on. Uh, really appreciate the chance to talk and share my perspective and story um, and hopefully help other people, uh, either coming out or just in trying to educate themselves. So it's really a great thing that you're doing here and I just want to say thank you. Tell us your name your age, where you live, maybe a little bit a little bit about yourself, how you identify, 
what's your preference in terms of the folks you like to date, if you're comfortable doing that, and maybe some hobbies so we get to know you a little bit. Um, okay, again, my name is Michael. Um, 19 years old, currently living around D.C., uh, going to school. Um, but I was born and raised in New York, born in Brooklyn, raised in a small suburb outside of the city. Um, and my sexual orientation would probably best described as pansexual. But, you know, haven't been in any relationships to confirm for myself. But I'm open for everything. <laughs> um, my hobbies best in- most... Mostly include playing music um, and listening to music. Um, I've been playing guitar since I was four years old, so about 16 years of playing guitar. Um, And I've played trumpet, French horn, and mellophone. And mellophone is what I call the devil spawn of the trumpet and the French horn to make a marching French horn. (laughs) I've had to explain this a lot because I was the captain of the French horn sec, the mellophone section of my marching band in high school, and I always had to explain it. <laughs> Melophone, melophone, melephone, meloph... I never heard of that. So you're right, Michael. Uh, thank you for describing it. For the sake of those who maybe are like me and are like, what in the hellophone is a melophone? Here's a picture. Now everybody who is watching this video knows what a melophone is. If you're just listening to it with your earballs, then you guys will have to Google Melophone on your own time. Or maybe you know what it is. Comment below if you are watching this video. Let us know, did you know what a Melophone was? Okay, let's get back to the conversation, Michael. I also enjoy movies. Um, I enjoy studying them, watching them for their political agendas, I guess, and just learning more about them. Um, And just memorizing quotes because some movie quotes are just fantastic i enjoy some watching some tv and just like talking about with everybody because i just love i just love the art forms um i like art i like reading reading was a huge escape for me as a kid so whenever i had the chance i would pull out a book probably harry potter and reread it (laughs) who doesn't love harry potter i didn't read the books i'm not gonna lie I, i think i actually know I think I might have read the first one and part of the second one, but watch the movies, of course. And yeah, Harry Potter is the best. I also love video gaming. Uh, I play so many video games. (laughs) And yeah, it's just been really, just really great uh, ways to either express myself or kind of um, escape the real world for a little bit and enjoy just fantasy and talking with other people um, about things we have in common. So it's great. You like a lot of really rad things. Uh, Seems like you'd be a cool guy to hang out with. So I guess the next question that uh, I've asked other guests and we'll of course ask you, Michael, is what what does the timeline look like for you with your transition? Uh, And that can include if you are uh, doing anything with hormones or medical transition, or if you are not, uh, you know, what's, what's kind of your story there with that? Um, so the timeline of my transition, I mean, I, uh, haven't really started the medical process quite yet. Um, I'm currently waiting to get my first shot of, um, hormone blockers. Um, so, but it's just been a little hard talking with doctors to 
mostly just arranging things with doctors to who are in my home state uh, from all the way here in around DC. So it's just been a hassle trying to schedule because uh, they, they either have conflicts or I have conflicts. So it's just been tough, but uh, try and be patient and uh, just excited, I guess. Um, uh, hopefully I'll be having top surgery in the summer. So I'm really excited about that. Um, it's like I have really bad top dysphoria and it's just messing with my image, I guess, of myself. Um, and I want to, I want to work out sometimes and you know, that dysphoria kicks in and I just feel awful <laughs> and I don't want to work out. Um, but my transition, I guess, really started, uh, my summer before my freshman year of college, um, currently in my sophomore year. So it's like been about year and a little bit of a year and change of like uh being out and having my family know um it's been a really interesting process especially uh, with my parents um because mostly uh like coming out to myself was i think the hardest part because i had been raised in a way in a town that was very progressive in a lot of ways, but conservative in so many others. Um, so there was no discussion about uh, gender and gender identity. There was no such thing in like the, the vocabulary there as transgender or gender nonconforming or anything. Um, and it's just been, uh, it was hard for me to come out of that mindset really. Um, and then during this a summer program I was doing at the school, my current school, um, I got really sick and I was rushed to the, the ER and they misdiagnosed me there. And when I came home, my, uh, I was having trouble breathing, first of all, <laughs> which is really important to mention. Um, I felt like someone was sitting on my chest and I couldn't breathe at all. And my face had started swelling. Um, and they thought it was salivary gland stone. I don't know how they got that idea when it was, I couldn't breathe. But, you know. Um, when I got home, my mom took one look at my face and said, we're going to the ER immediately. Um, and I went there. They admitted me right away. And then... Later, like earlier, like the next day, early in the early morning, I was put in ICU, which is the intensive care unit, and I was there for about a week. And they basically had no clue what was wrong with me. And, you know, it's <laughs> being someone who had never been sick in my life to an extent where I needed to go to a hospital, that was terrifying to not have that knowledge of what was wrong. And they had four doctors, like, it was crazy. And um, they found that my throat was, my esophagus was closing. So they put a tracheotomy kit next to me, uh, right next to my bed. So in case my throat, my throat did close, they would be able to operate. Um, and if that doesn't really put your mortality into perspective, I don't know what, because that was a big wake-up call for me. Because I, at that point, you're not, I wasn't thinking about 
death. I was I'm was current. I was at that time eighteen years old. I never dying had not been in my <laughs> my perspective. I thought that was way down the line, and then all of a sudden, boom! It's a possibility. And not knowing how I would go out was crazy to me. So um, sitting in the ICU late at night into the early morning, getting tests done constantly, batteries tests. It just made, gave me a lot of time to think. And I realized that at that point I'd been living for other people. I was not happy. I was depressed since I was a little kid. And I never had the ability to discuss why. So I started trying to, after I was released from the hospital and I was on my road, on the road to recovery, I started doing things that I wanted to do first, cut off all my hair. (laughs) And then I started to just read more, read more news articles um, that were positive. And then one of them caught my eye and it was written by a trans man. Um, I don't even remember what the article was about or who was by. But I read it and I just went, oh, that sounds a lot like me. And then it was like a click. And I was like, oh. And so I started researching and learning more and more about transgender. And then looking at all these videos of like, am I transgender? Which, you know, only you can really decide in that point. Not decide, but only you can determine that for yourself. But, you know, at that point I was just trying to look for something. And to have these people talking about the experiences that I've had, where it's like, I used to play with like my brother's toys all the time. I didn't want to play with Barbies or anything. Um, and identifying more as a boy and playing, uh, when I was playing with like these make-believe games, I would always take the male role. And people would be like, why don't you be like, you know, this? And I was like, no, I'm good. <laughs> You know, not taking this subtle hint of flashing light, like, hey, that's not quote-unquote normal. But, you know, uh, was made fun of that for the rest of my life. But, you know. <laughs> um, and then also, just, like, when I was a little kid, I wanted to be a boy. I never talked about it with my parents, never said anything. And then you would talk about it with a the therapist. I just buried it so deep down. Um, but sometimes I'd go to bed at night and I'd pray uh, to just wake up as a boy. And then when, you know, nothing had changed, um, I would get really humiliated with myself and then really ashamed and guilty. And then, you know, <laughs> suppress that. <laughs> but. Michael. You just shared a lot about uh, your self-discovery. And... I don't really know what to say even other than uh, thank you for that because just like when you read that article and you don't remember who wrote it uh, or what exactly it was about, it was that catalyst, if you will, of you going down the rabbit hole. I don't know if you want to call it understanding what transgender is a rabbit hole, but it's what made you realize that you know, you weren't alone. And I think people may be listening to this podcast or watching this video and hearing your story might also be a catalyst for them. And so I just appreciate as we continue on, uh, 
this episode, like you just being so real and honest and yeah. Um, I'm, let's just jump back in you sharing your story. Uh, I called my mom the next day after I had read all these articles and stuff and watched all these videos and realized that this is something that really I, I totally feel and identify with and I can relate to and I want to transition. I want to be happier than I already, like than I was because I wasn't happy. And my mom looked at me as I was telling her over FaceTime, which was not probably not the best way to go. She just said, I still love you. And those words have always stuck with me and the sincerity behind them and how much it meant to me in that moment and how much it still means to me. Like I can never tell my mom how much that means because I can't even voice it. Over the next couple of weeks and months, I started to dress into a way that I was more comfortable with. And she told my father, who immediately said that as long as I was happy, he was okay. Um, which again, I have fantastic parents. I was very, I've really been so lucky with the jaw about that. Dude, yes, I'm so happy that your parents were so loving, so supportive, so understanding. And they just said those words, you know, about that they love you. And I know that I'm in the same boat as you were. Uh, I also have that support and I feel very grateful for it. Uh, not everybody does, but it's good for people, I think, to hear that there are parents that are supportive because um, sometimes you fear telling others about how you truly feel, uh, that they may judge you, they may not love you and support you. Of course, you're never going to know until you do it, but uh, it's, it's just great um, that they are that awesome and amazing. I'm happy for you. But yeah, and, uh, you know, I'm still working on coming out to some extended family and stuff, but my transition has just been a lot of luck and a lot of outside help, mostly. You know, um, I don't think it's easy to do this on your own, and I've been really lucky so far. Um, you know, I'm, it's not like I've not faced some discrimination. I mean, it happens, you know, and I wish it didn't. I wish I could say that, you know, you're never going to face discrimination in America because it's America. Because I do love my country, but that's just not a realistic thing to say. Um, and hopefully in the future, as we work harder and harder, and uh, we have more people starting to understand and are educated because it's become more open in the media, then the less likely you are to face discrimination. Um, so that's my goal. That's what I want to do. Um, so yeah, that's been my transition so far. Um, so my family kind of talked about it already. Um, mother and father have been really great. Um, I also have two older half-brothers. And they've both been so amazing. <laughs> they've been so great and gracious to me and um, just very understanding for, to me. Like they don't, like, you know, brothers tease each other. 
and or they tease their siblings and everything. Siblings tease each other, and they've left this completely off of the table of this teasing. Like the first thing that my one of my brothers asked me was like, "Okay, so like, should I call you my brother now? And what pronouns and what name should I use when introducing you or just talking to you?" And that was like, boof, <laughs> just that um, affirmation and that just. Though un- unconditional love has been just fantastic with my f- my immediate family. Um, so far, my extended family's been really good about it. Um, I grew up in a very progressive family. Um, you know, I'm just kind of really lucky with my family. Um, I haven't completely finished coming out to everyone, but hopefully by the end of this year, um, I'll be able to talk with everyone because it's just been hard with a lot of things going on. Um, it must be great. Uh, I have some really amazing friends that have been helping me out. Um, cisgender friends, trans friends that I've made through like different classes and groups have been so fantastic. My, um, a lot of friends that I had like during the summer program before I had even realized for myself or come to that conclusion for myself. I don't know how to toward that. Um, they've just been fantastic my friends one of my really close friends he changed my name in his phone to my preferred name and made sure he calls me uh my by my preferred pronouns he him and once in a while he screws up but it's a quick reaction of oh mike and then he doesn't say anything uh there's no like stuttering or trying to apologize it's just quick and i think that's fantastic because it's important to not make a huge deal of it i think is so now a lot of people don't realize is that we don't want you to make a huge deal about messing up our names or messing up our pronouns. We just want you to go, oh, okay, sorry. And then just go. Just continue with your conversation without this huge awkward pause and this awkward apology and stuff. Um, and I've just made some really great friends throughout my transition so far. Um you know, I go to some to my LGBT equity center in my school, and I go to group there uh, to, to group meetings for trans students, um, and it's been really uh, helpful to talk to people that have the same experiences or have the not same but similar experiences and struggles and accomplishments, and it's really helpful. Like if anyone like has chance to and they're in college I just really recommend that you if you have an LGBT equity center there go to a meeting even if you're a little scared even if you're not out to your parents or anyone else people there aren't gonna really judge you about that it's just we just want to talk about our experiences and share and help each other and support so it's really fantastic um if you have if you're not in college if you're out of college or not yet in college and you have an lgbt equity center that is within uh your ability to travel to i recommend it um i'm sure that like i'm just saying it's been helpful for me may not be helpful for everyone but it's always worth a shot i always say but yeah (laughs) it's been really really great so far so uh, I've got a couple years on you, Michael, and I don't, I don't remember when I was your age exactly what I thought I would be doing five years from that age, but 
you right now, how, how do you see your life like five years from now? How does that look? Well, currently I've just been having um, a lot of thoughts about this, actually, this exact question. Because I was originally in R Army ROTC. Um, and then I came out to myself and then I was slowly trying to go through the changes and everything and talking with my friends um, that are outside of ROTC and everything. Um, and then over the summer, I was getting ready to talk to my battalion, um, which is my, the, my ROTC group in school. Um, and then I saw that there was the, I saw Trump's tweets and I realized that I could not come out to my thumb. And then there was the actual ban. And I just decided that it was best for me to be honest and not put anyone at risk of losing their jobs or just being in an awkward position and asking awkward questions. So I told my battalion commander and one of, one of my captains, um, they were, they handled the situation very well. Um, they were more apologetic than anything um, about the situation that I was put into. And they said that hopefully, they were more hopeful for the future that I will be able to serve because um, I was doing really well, you know, um, Besides, like, some complications because of just being uncomfortable working out without top surgery and everything, it was very hard for me. But besides that, I was doing really well academically with them. And hopefully, like, I'll be able to join the Army uh, once this, pres this administration is over. But I'm not sure right now. So my future seems to be very up in the much up in the air. Um, I'm studying to I'm studying criminology right now to become a police officer. Um, I want to help people. That's been like my main goal in careers. So um, I, my first plan uh, was to join the army, uh, be there for like at least around ten years or so, and then do police work for the NYPD. It was my goal. That was my dream goal. And then now I think. Hopefully, I'll be able to be a police officer um, after college. Um, but it's all been the air. <sighs> I'm not going to lie. Hearing that, there's two feelings. The first is, like, it just breaks my heart, and I feel really sad. And the second, clearly, I think with most people, uh, is anger. It just makes me so angry that this... Okay, I'm not going to get on a political tangent, but what I, what I do want to say is I think it's amazing how your uh, battalion commander, I forget what, what they're called, uh, the person that's in charge of the battalion, the unit, uh, I'm glad that they were optimistic and are supportive of you in the future serving, meaning they have hope, like I do, and I think a lot of us, um, or I hope, I hope a lot of us have hope because it's easy with this administration and this, I don't even like to say his name. We'll just call him 45, uh, 45 having, <sighs> okay. I'm not going to go off on it. I'm just saying, hopefully things get better. 
and this isn't gonna be an issue in the future. You deserve, just like anybody, to serve your country if that's what you wanna do, regardless if you're trans or not, which everybody listening to this knows that. Um, I don't know why 45 doesn't. <laughs> hey, Zeke, I'm trying to record a video here. It's all up in the air, and then, at least in my transition, I am hoping to have gotten top surgery at that point and be in a better place health-wise. Um, hopefully I've lost some weight, be more comfortable with my body, which is a tough, tall, tall order sometimes. But I'm hoping that that will really be a catalyst for me to work out more. Um, even though I'm trying to work out right now, it's just a little bit hard. Um, I'm hoping to be on testosterone at that point and hopefully have a little bit of facial hair. <laughs> um, and hopefully some muscles, but and but that's about it for transition. And who knows? Hopefully, I'll be in a relationship by then. I'm perpetually single, so you know, hit me up, people. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's where I'm seeing myself in five years. Hey, Michael. You never know. Maybe your soulmate is watching this video, or listening to your voice and thinking this guy seems pretty cool. I'm going to go watch the video, and who knew the trans swag, the show with awesome guys, could turn into uh, the dating game where, uh, you know, like, call me uh, Cupid Cameron. Maybe I'll hook you up with somebody, uh, or maybe not. But anyway, uh, I feel you with the whole, like, working out, being tough to do prior to uh, top surgery. I struggled with that and had a gym membership for almost... Not, I think a nine months or something and I never went to the gym but once and I struggled so badly with uh, chest dysphoria that I just started working out a little bit here and there from home instead and now the top surgery is over it's like I want to like run back into the gym but uh, there's still certain exercises that because I'm only six weeks uh, post top surgery still a lot of exercises I can't do yet um, in terms of like, I mean, I could do them, but they, I could jeopardize like stretching my scars. And so I've limited it to like curls, bicep curls and tricep extensions and sit-ups and like some cardio, um, but not like shoulder work or chest work or anything like that. I could do, of course I can do legs and stuff too. But anyway, enough about me, uh, and getting to the gym, but yeah, uh, that's cool. I'm glad that you have a plan for the next um so, so you have somewhat of a plan for the future i know a lot of it is going to be up in the air in terms of the army and your ability to serve but i like your i like your uh what's the word i like your passion for wanting to help others it's amazing that you want to go into law enforcement and just the fact that you just want to help people and um yeah i i think during this uh, getting to know you, other people are also getting to know you and are getting to like you. And like I said, who knows? Um, maybe your person that you're meant to date uh, or spend the rest of your life with is going to see this or hear this. And yeah, who knows? Who knows? Okay, so one of the other questions I have, Michael, is uh, movies, books, podcasts. Um, what is it that you have, uh, 
consumed, listened to, watched, what have you, that you would recommend to other trans guys? I've not yet found a movie that I relate to. However, book-wise, there are some fantastic books. Um, There is this book that I've been reading, along with my parents also have copies. Um, So this book, Transgender Children and Youth, um, it's by Elijah C. Neely. Um, I believe that he is also transgender. Um, I can't remember if it was him or not, um, because I've been reading a lot of books uh, along with my parents to help prepare for medical terms to be thrown around um, in doctor's offices and stuff, and not have medical terms flying over my head, um, because I have trouble with medical terms. So, this is help. I've never even heard of that book. Of course, I've never claimed to be the transgender guru of books either, but uh, for anybody who saw the the book title uh, or just heard you uh, describe what it is and they want to pick up a copy I'll go ahead and put a link in the uh, show notes and description so that people can just click it and go check it out Uh, so thank you for that recommendation Michael another book that I've been reading that's actually fictional which is really cool um, it's actually by Chris Colfer Um, it's uh, Stranger Than Fan Fiction I don't have it on me right now, um, but there is a character in there that is trans, a trans man, um, and Colfer's writing of being trans has been really interesting to see. I haven't finished the book completely, like I'm about three quarters of the way through, and I'm really enjoying his way of writing um, this character. Uh, which is cool from from a cis writer. So I'm really appreciating that. I'm actually hoping that once I finish the book and I'm able to talk about the book more, um, I'll be able to send a Twitter message to Chris Golfer and thank him for such an amazing portrayal. Because um, that's not easy. As shown by movies using cis actors, but I'm not going to go into that. <laughs> um, YouTube channels are so... They're so helpful. They've been one of the most important um, tools I've used so far. Um, I've been watching uh, Chase Ross, um, which is uppercase Chase 01. I think that's how you spell it. Um, Not spelled, but say it. His YouTube channel name. Um, Ty Turner. Um... Also, Chase Ross's uh, podcast is also good. Besides this one, this one's also a tool that I've used. Um, Chase Ross's podcast is You're So Brave, um, along with his friend Aaron Ansumi. I think that's how you say the name. I think it's Aaron Answeeney. And I also like that podcast. Uh, I drive an hour to and from work, and every week... Uh, Although I would love to have the opportunity to sit down and watch the video of it because I know that like this show, they do video and audio. I just listen to it in my car and Chase and Aaron are uh, funny, a lot younger than me, more, um, I guess they're probably between your age, Michael, and my age. So I guess we kind of both relate to them, but they have a lot of great uh, information. Plus they're just entertaining. It's funny as hell. And their podcast is called You're So Brave. And I'll put a 
I'll put their logo art right here so that folks can check that out. Uh, go subscribe to their YouTube channel. And I think Jamie Dodger's pretty good. Um, it's a little bit different since there, uh, since he's from, I think, England. Um, so I think it's a little bit, a little bit different. Uh, there's been a difference in policies and stuff. So, but, um, I appreciate his sense of humor. Um, and that's about it. I could think of off the top of my head. Um, and also having like a day or so to really think about it, just pondering it. Um, another book I forgot to mention was, um, there's like there's some, there's um there's a book IMJ that I want to read I haven't read it yet, um, and also there was um, I think essays of a trans queer I don't remember if that was the exact title, um, but it was very interesting uh, essays a little bit heartbreaking in some of them, but inspiring in others. Um and yeah that's about it I can think of. Okay, before we wrap up the show, uh, is there anything you want to rant about? This is going to be this is going to be a segment where I invite the guests to rant away. So, Michael, rant away. My turn to rant. <laughs> uh, the only thing I think of is just I just wish that there was better representation in the media um, of trans men and also trans women. I mean, like. You have Laverne Cox, and that's all I can think off the top of my head of trans actresses and actors. Um, there's no real representation. For a movie about a trans boy, they used a cisgender woman, which I think was kind of degrading. And they say, oh, because tr- there's no trans actors that have any experience. And I go, <laughs> excuse my language, but... No shit, Sherlock. <laughs> this is the time to start giving like trans actors the necessary tools to become more educated in how to act and do all these things. So it's kind of just been frustrating to me to not have that representation, especially in a media form um, that I really, really love. Like I love movies. And I wish there was more queer representation in movies that wasn't just about coming out or just about the LGB side of everything. And I, I really wish that was a thing, but right now we have to work for it. And, you know, it sucks sometimes, but I think that soon, hopefully in the next 10 years, we're able to work past this stage and move on to uh, more representation for us. Hopefully we'll have more trans male actors, which I have not seen any representation for so far, in my opinion. Um, I mean, like, I haven't really watched, like, Transparent. Um, I think my dad did, but I didn't see anyone so far that I've finished, that I've gone through. That's trans male. So, Michael, uh, I'm not sure if you haven't heard of these two shows. They're not movies, but uh, The Fosters and... Shameless. They both uh, have an actor, a trans guy actor. His name is Elliot Fletcher. And 
he he does a great job. Uh, in one show, he plays a trans straight guy, as far as I can tell, on The Fosters, I believe. And on Shameless, he's, um, I don't know how he, how he identifies. In that particular role, he's a gay uh, character. He's a gay trans guy. And um, he does a fantastic job. But he's the only one that I can that I could think of. Like when you use the example, Laverne Cox, that's the only trans person I know. Uh, she's a trans woman, but uh, Elliot Fletcher, whose name I had to look up, that's how not um, well known, I guess you could say in the media, the trans guy actors are. So anyway, if you want to check out Shameless or uh, The Fosters, he is a great actor in both of those. Anyway, continue your rant. Rant on, brother. You know, it's just, it's just a little frustrating to me. And it's kind of heartbreaking in a lot of ways. <laughs> but, you know, I want to work on that. You know, if if I become a police officer, that'd be great. That's what I want to do. But if I could become an activist and also, like, elevate our... Uh, make it so we're more able to feel equal to people, that'd be great. Like, I want to help people feel comfortable. I want people to be educated and not make other trans men feel awkward or trans women feel awkward. I want, I just want people to be equal and also just not freaking like just throwing around these hateful words like the T word and everything, you know, um, but that's like not something that's possible at this point, I think, um, but, you know, hopefully in the future we have less, um, less hatred and more understanding. That's what I just, that's what I wish for for the future. So, okay. Um, so, I don't currently have a YouTube channel yet. <laughs> uh, I'm definitely thinking about starting up one up. But to get any information from me or to contact me or ask me any questions or just chat, <laughs> um, you can you guys can follow me on Twitter um, at HeartlessNY and it's H34RTL3SSINNY. Um, um, that's on Twitter. That's my Twitter handle. Hopefully that's down in the description. <laughs> Um, it for the YouTube viewers. Um, of course, I got your back. It's in the description. If you guys want to follow Michael on Twitter, check that out below. And Michael, yes, yes. What are you waiting for? Why are you even thinking about it? You did it right here today. You're talking about trans-related issues. Do a YouTube channel. What is it that you said earlier on? Give it a shot. Just hit record, man, then hit upload. I will be one of your first subscribers, okay? And yeah, so hopefully I'll have a YouTube channel and be talking and sharing my truth. In case y'all want my silly ass to be in front of your screen every day. <laughs> All right, thank you for so much for having me on, Cam. I really appreciate it. All right, bye. You're welcome, and thank you for being a guest. Alright, if you guys haven't already subscribed to the channel, 
hit the subscribe button, give it a like if you enjoyed learning about Michael, go hit him up on Twitter, uh, follow him there, and if you want to be a guest on the show, email me, uh, my email is below, and visit the Trans Swag store if you want to get a new t-shirt that I created, I'm not wearing it right now, but it says Handsome AF. You know what the AF stands for. The proceeds from things I sell at the Trans Swag store I use to buy binders and packers for trans guys in need. So, uh, I think that's it. Visit the website, listen to old episodes, watch old episodes, and have a great day. Okay? Bye-bye.